Warning, the following podcast may contain phrases such as, And we insert a little bit more tree. Three unwise men. Bum, bum, bum. With Frog. Grant. And Ryder. Oh, good, because I did. Uh, so, That's yeah. good. So we're, we're recording then? Yeah. Yeah, this is, we're so well organized. <laughs> so to, to, bring, to bring people up to speed, uh, we are debating the sex life of Isildur. Yes. Uh, well, the argument kind of started with the question on, it, would Elrond be a good president? And uh, No. Yeah, I'm saying he'd be great. I'm saying he'd be horrible. So this is the... I mean, first off, you've got a president who is just inherently racist. Elrond? Racist? How's he racist? Dude, that dude does not like men. That's well, sexist, isn't he, it? Th- he, has a, he has a negative experience That's... with their performance. Well, okay, but... He does marry his daughter off to Aragorn. Yeah, he's not real happy about it, though. Well, because of her mortality, not because he's a man. Because I, I think there's, I think there's a little bit more going on there. Like, I think that's like the reason he gives. Rooted, like, <laughs> he has deep rooted, like anti-man. Right, he tries to ship her off to an entirely different continent. <laughs> he does. He does. I'll be, yeah, he ships everybody off. It's not just her. It's not like, oh, you're like mixed marriage. I'm sending you away to yeah, yeah, the Undying Lands. Yeah, he, he's saying our people and their people cannot mix. Yeah, but they mix in other scenarios. Wasn't that there's another poem, an epic poem that yeah. Aragorn is singing? Is he not like in the marshes about like the mixing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But El- Elrond didn't support that. Like, I'm not saying That's all true. elves are racist. Just, right? just that Elrond's racist. Right, just that Elrond's racist. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna paint Galadriel with the same brush. That poem is the Song of Baron and Luthien. Yes. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, the whole Baron Luthien thing—that's great. Baron's a man, Luthien's an elf. They yeah. they got together. It was wonderful. You know, I don't have a problem with that. Isn't that where a lot of the despise for half elves comes from, too? Like just in general, uh, half elves are not generally looked well upon. Well, they're also it. It also has to do with the they're further from the quote unquote song at that point. I mean, like right. elven power is heavily dependent on how pure you are. Aren't aren't most of the rangers in some way or another like yeah. Because they're dis- I mean, well, they're the Dunedain, right? The Dunedain are descended from like Baron and Luthien. Yeah, they are. So they're they are, the they're more long lived. Yeah, well, they're also the first. They're also, if I recall, and I'm, I'm the first men. The first men. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, they've yeah. got the elongated life and the strength of man on on top of that. But here's my thing. Like, so Elrond perhaps has a negative history, right? With with humans, right? But I don't think it's unwarranted. You know, I and, and while he's hesitant. He's. I don't see him as necessarily racist as much as he is just wanting to make sure, right? Like he has lives because so he already saw failure. So it's it's racial profiling, <laughs> probably. Okay. Yeah. It's well, perhaps profiling. I think it's more more just you know prudence. He's a he's a pragmatist. He's a pragmatist. Yeah. He's a, and so he hates men. <laughs> well, no, he he is he is wary of their strength. Uh, because like they have failed. Yeah. The, he was there when quote the strength of man failed. True. And so as a result, he like doesn't Which by wa- the way brings up another point that I was getting to, namely that he could have just kicked a soldier into the crack of doom. Yeah, which I think he did. I think that's his big that's his big error. 
in like in the history of this. And this is also what brought us up to Isildur's sex life. And so it, now he's a flip flopper. Yeah, he's switching. He's switch size on this whole man. He thing. has a U boat like like he has a U boat. Like, like I, I think we know how well flip floppers do as president. Not particularly well. No, not particularly no, no. well. So, but that's how you get to be president. Is you just flip flop on things. Can we have the door closed? I'm tired of that fucking beeping. I was hoping it'd be done by now, but I'm just going to kick its ass. I don't know. I'm, I'm hoping it provides a, a good rhythm for our listeners. Yeah, I think it's it's like a new. Are you getting? Raise your hand if you are dancing to the beep. That would be me. Look at look at all those people. Huh? Yeah. Am I not right? Yeah. <laughs> And I love the fact that we're looking out over a crowd of people. Yeah, right. Well, yeah, it's, no, no, there's, there's a horde of them. Yeah, they're just yeah, all of our, they're all here. But no, so Isildur, so did Isildur, did you find, we're, we're Googling Isildur's sex life. Here. I didn't, well, I didn't find anything the, relevant. The question, by the way, the relevant question is, if Elrond had kicked Isildur into the crack, would Aragorn have ever been born? Ooh, ooh, I found, potentially, you found a family a tree. Yes. A family tree. Okay. Now, now we're looking for timelines. Yeah, like, was it... Okay, so let me see where... Was conception post or pre, like, Mount Doom failure? I'm looking... I'm Well, first I'm trying to find... Oh, that's for Aragorn. Boy, that's a line I never thought I'd say. Right. right. Beor, the old, Bregor, Emeldir, Darahir, Bregolus, Luthien, You ever notice you do get sidetracked a little bit on these things? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I get sidetracked on everything. I had that problem writing sometimes. Right. Yeah. 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 yeah we, I'm like I. Where you just go off into. Yeah. Neverland. Like. Well. Yeah. When does it happen? I don't know if you have this problem, but I'll start writing and then like there's this scene going on and then you've got like oh I need some kind of like minor backstory with this like innkeeper right so right and then you're like intrigued by this backstory like what does this backstory mean and then you kind of just like explore that in this like chapter and then like you look at your your chapter and it's it's like what the fuck just happened so let me tell you a story about a tree go on <laughs> let's hear this what <laughs> see yeah, my wife's over in the corner right now laughing because she knows what's about to show up um so we, we we're writing our first book and uh, you know our people are summoners and they summon things in to help them deal with sure. crap in the world yeah and uh grace one of our main characters gets into trouble and summons this tree spirit to help her out fight. okay right not a There's big like deal. an ant like kind of ent like, like right? with, with faster speech, uh, faster speech, and uh, a couple more mystical powers than you see from an int. Oh, okay. Like uh, you know, has some wind control abilities, that sort of thing. Oh, that's kind of neat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, it was good. Um, and it was kind of a one shot, right? Sure. She needs help in this fight. She summons a tree. Yeah. Scene done. Okay. Our editor didn't like that. Oh, really? Our editor like wants more tree. Uh, yeah, wants more tree. Like uh, I need fact, more tree. This scene needs more tree. Uh, yeah. And we're going through the book, and at random times, they're like, you know, I'm really wondering what's happening with the tree at this point. <laughs> like, like, these are actual comments. Are you, like, on the editorial sheet like, that on, came back? On, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, well, she she does her editing, because we send her the Microsoft Word file, and sure, she sends yeah. it back having track changes and added comments. Oh, she uses track changes. Okay. Right. And so we see everything she's doing, and um, and we can just hit accept instead of fixing it on our own Oh, thing, that's which brilliant. Is, that yeah. saves you all the time. It saves us a lot of time. I really um, like this editor. I, she's great. Uh, Sue Bullich, by the way, she's amazing. Um, oh, it's Sue? Yeah. I love Sue. I didn't know Sue's your editor. Yeah, Sue's our editor. Oh, Sue my too. gosh. Yeah, so... Uh, we'll, we'll I have a kind story about Sue later, so okay. go ahead. Okay, we'll, we'll get to that. Yeah. Um, we should totally have Sue on as a guest at Oh, some I point. love Sue. Except I'd be all nervous because she's my editor, and she's like, I don't want to say anything to her. But oh, would, that's a good would point. she be before or after Tom Hiddleston? 
Ooh. Uh, yeah, well, Tom Hiddleston's next week, so. That's true. He's continuously next week. <laughs> <laughs> that'll be our last show if we get Tom Hiddleston on. Dude, yeah, that'll if be we it. get Tom Hiddleston on, that will not be our last show because we have suddenly become popular. <laughs> well, it depends. <laughs> we'll right. actually have listeners at well, that point. Like, like five wow. People. God, now we're not indie enough. Yeah. Now we can't keep going. We've no, sold out. We've sold out. We've sold out to the... crowd's going to spit on us like Metallica. Yeah. Boo. <laughs> so anyways, uh, Sue, tree. Sue keeps writing in this story that we, we need to have tree. And we insert a little bit more tree just to <laughs> just to tree oh, really? it up, uh, just to wood it up a little bit. Insert some more wood into this right, place. Yeah, right, yeah, right. Yeah. And so the, the tree we give a couple more scenes to, and we kind of complete a little story arc for the tree. Yeah. Because it's very important that we just not leave this tree. And we, we try a couple of times. Like, at first, we're like, okay. And then the tree just kind of plants itself, and we're good. And she's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> and so we had to actually, like, draft a sub-arc for this tree. Mm-hmm. So then we get into book two. Yeah. Right. And first off, in between books one and two, we are informed by basically everyone that reads the book that the tree is like one of their favorite things. So this tree They're is like now... pro tree. Like <laughs> So the editor was right. The editor was absolutely right. Well Sue's rarely not absolutely yeah, Sue's, right. Sue is very good at what yeah. she does. Um and so we've got this tree now, and everyone loves the tree. Right? This one off bit character that was just a power someone was gonna use in a fight. No, everyone loves tree. Yeah, yeah. Pro tree. And we're like, okay, we're writing book two, and we're just not going to mention the damn tree. This tree. Yeah, yeah. You, you're <laughs> no, the tree. Yeah, no, no we tree. We are sick of this damned tree. Okay, the yeah. tree is not coming into book two, and we'll see what Sue has to say about that. Let me guess. Stop comment. No, we couldn't even We couldn't even make it. Are you serious? We couldn't even make the draft because we got to a point in book two where we're like, oh, shit. We need the tree. We need the tree. This is the perfect place to have some tree. <laughs> is there a bad place to have tree? That's what I ask you. I, I assume that there would be. Like, you know, if you're like in a cave. Yeah. Nonsense. No, that'd be great for firewood. Well, sure, but you're not going to be like, hey, bud, we've been longstanding friends. I need some firewood. Like, this isn't a Shel Silverstein I, sort I of thing. I believe my friend. <laughs> I believe my friend, the giving tree. I believe that's exactly what happened. Yeah, but uh, look, I don't want to turn our book into the giving tree. That, that, that is a child's book that makes you want to kill yourself. It's like, the, yeah, it's basically saying, like, you're a horrible person. Right. Right. But you no, are. Like, I read that and I was like, I felt bad about, like, everything. About existing. Yeah, I was mm-hmm. like, so basically, I'm a horrible human. Yeah. Similar to Isildur. So, so see how it all goes. Oh, yeah. wrap around. We've got circles within circles here. This is, oh, we're shit. like, this is circleception. So did we find, <sighs> when was the sex life here? Did you get so that? So I didn't, I wasn't able to find a family tree or sex life. Oh, Jesus Christ. Let me, um, I've got a tablet. It was for like, um, it was for everything else with the high elves and the crossovers into the humans, but I did not sure. find a single one for, for Isildur. So. Or Silder. Well, whatever. let's throw no. this out to the world because yeah. so world question. If well, I think it's a two part question. Mm-hmm. Part one is if Elrond had kicked a Sildor into Mount Doom, thus preventing so many unneeded deaths. First question is: Had the line that Aragorn comes from already like happened? Right? Is this pre that? Part two of this question is. Is Aragorn necessary now, though? Well, I don't... Who rules Gondor, right? If, if Isildur's Long just dies, I mean, someone's got a... There's a power vacuum. Yeah, there's a, yeah but there's a power vacuum anyway for a long time. Mm-hmm. Okay, sure. So but now, the power vacuum only needed to be filled when the, 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 the war came on, when the Return of the King, to destroy 
but if there is no Dark Lord to destroy, right? How so, relevant is so that? So Denethor just gets to rock on. Well, I mean, yeah, but technically he wouldn't have gone mad if Bar- if Boromir hadn't died, and so- well, or if the Palantir no longer connected to Sauron because Sauron wasn't there. Valid point, exactly. So is Denethor actually a shitty? Is he a shitty administrator, or is he just like not strong enough to like with withstand the onslaught from Mordor? Oh, 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 oh. Yes. Okay. First off, um, Reskin. His question. sons were with him at the final battle because they were old enough. Oh, so there's no. What difference does it make? It doesn't make any difference whatsoever. So Aragorn still shows up. In fact, actually, without that, I bet you their reign never breaks. Right. So, really, then, Elrond's one big mistake was inaction. Right. So, he's like Chamberlain. Right. Okay. And Chamberlain sucked. He was really bad. Like. But he learned. No, he didn't. He got replaced. No, he didn't. He got replaced. <laughs> they, they brought Churchill back. Yeah, thank God. I mean, Chamberlain was so bad, they were like, oh, let's let's get that guy who fucked up Gallipoli. Let's bring him yeah. in. <laughs> Right, he got he got hundreds of thousands of our troops killed. Good enough. <laughs> close, close. Yeah, <laughs> we'll but he was it. better than Chamberlain. Right, right. Because at least he was willing to get hundreds of thousands of troops killed. Yeah, you got to be able to pull pull the trigger. But can't I, make an omelet without breaking a couple eggs. That's I was true. exactly thinking that. But you have to admit though. But I think Elrond learned from that. Okay, so Elrond learns that he should kill men. Well, the the one no, he had one man to kill. This is the ultimate, like, situation. Does killing one innocent person save millions? Do you do it? Well, there's a question as to whether at this point Isildur is, is innocent. Well, he's not fully corrupt. I mean, he was corrupted. It wasn't his necessary fault. I mean, he's weak-willed in comparison to the will of Sauron. Well, right. But my point is that at that point, once your will's overrun, are you really innocent? Like, was... Mm, it's touche. I mean, there's a question there. At what point is... Well, if it's, if it's overridden, are you really in control of your innocence anymore? This is getting like way too, too deep for us. <laughs> this is, We're talking and, about emotions and things. And We're now just, on, on philosophy hour. Yeah, philosophy. so Elrond then. All right. Well, I think Elrond still. I still. I think El, Elrond learns. I think Elrond knows more. I think he's a master craftsman, and I think he's you know, and he's not Gladriel. See, I now what's your problem with Gladriel? Gladriel is like you you can't have Gladriel lead like everybody. You don't think so? No. Is this a gender thing? No, not at all. Okay, what what's up? What? No, so Gladriel can't leave lead everybody because she has no like connection to like she's so disassociated. She's so far she's so far removed from the everyday struggles of anyone. How how would she have any appreciation for it? That's how most leaders are, aren't they? Yeah, well, yeah, but in a way, but they're still like She's a demigod. I mean, that's like having... Well, so is Elrond. Like, they're at the same level. No, Gladriel's higher level than El- El- Elrond is. She's more powerful than Elrond. Are they both wearers of one of the three? Yeah, they're wearers of one, one of the three, but she's one of the first offspring. Okay. So she's like in the elven lore. She's named well before El- El- Elrond is. Elrond's okay. an offspring of an offspring, if I recall. Okay, so this is a generational thing. Yeah, so she's like... Her power in comparison... So she's equally powerful to Sauron. What? Like, no, 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 no. 
Yeah, she's on the same plane. She just isn't as powerful, but she's on the same plane. Okay, you just said she was equal in power too. Well, yeah. like in terms of the, so he has he has like full authority. Like if they were to go head to head, right? They're fairly they're fairly balanced, huh? He just has rings, and he has like other things supporting him. Okay, so this is just a one on one. Yeah, like strip everything else away. Yeah, so I mean, th- okay, they're they're on the same plane. Like now, now who's uh, who's the better sword fighter? That's a, that's another matter. But I they're all. Sauron was one of the Maiar. No, Gandalf. Gandalf is right. Isn't Sauron of that same? He's on that same plane, and so is Glad- Gladriel for the elves, if I recall. But Gladriel is an elf, and he's not. She's not one of the Maiar. That's true. That's true. That's why I think there is a s- fundamental difference there. We are mm. way off. <laughs> like, this is well. Regardless of what she is, she's 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 too far along to lead. I I see, and I I just disagree with that. I think that she has a, a pool of water, and she connects with basically the entire fucking world through this pool. She can see the bloody future, right? That's true. I mean, what other leader have we had who could just you know? Be like, all right, so if I make this trade deal, do we get fucked? <laughs> it's like, look in my pool. Look at my pool <laughs> look of water. In my water. Yeah, we get fucked. No deal. No deal. No deal. I mean, uh, we've had leaders try and tell us they can predict the future. Like, this will be all good. I am not a crook. No new taxes. That sort of <laughs> shit. We've had it. It's true. It's really true. But we to have a, a leader that would actually be able to, like tell us what the future is and be like, I'm making this decision because if I do not, the Shire will burn. Yeah, but the, <laughs> well, and that's my argument though. She's dealing with issues like the Shire is going to burn or like these like huge, large, big gears right in this engine. I don't think she cares about the trade pact. What difference does it make to her? Well, I mean, I think I think she would in that situation. Would she? Yeah. Like, how do you go from dealing with like the burning of the Shire to like, well, the nuances of a trade agreement, like like currency manipulation? Like, she's going to care about that. I submit to you that that's kind of the job, man. That's what the president does. Which is why she wouldn't go for it. That's my argument. When you're just looking into a pool, I mean, mean, the the president goes from those extremes right we're like it's in war in afghanistan and by the way do we want to have open trade with japan right that no the president does the president has to be that versatile i don't think she's that versatile oh i see so you think there's a flexibility issue? that's my issue yeah like she's a she's like very linear okay so you think she's a one track yeah but it's a a one issue president yeah it's an important track it's an important uh, uh, uh like she's an important everything but I don't know. I think that might be a, a perspective from which we see her because we only see her in relation to that one track. Yeah, but doesn't Celeborn like actually do the day to day of Lothlorien? It worked for Bill and Hillary. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> so Hillary Clinton is Gladriel in this scene. And- no, she's Celeborn. <laughs> she's Celeborn. Okay. Well, it was I Bill. did a gender flip on you. I, I see what happened there. I it like a, it. It was a Bill and Hillary plus one at one mm-hmm. point. I mean, it, 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 I, I actually think that lines up, doesn't it? Didn't Celeborn? Yeah. I think historically Celeborn did, in fact, at one point stray. Oh, yeah. Of course he did. Huh. But why would you if you were Celeborn? Well, I'm, look. Look at Gladrill. How do you. After several thousand years, I imagine anything gets boring. I forgot. Gladriel, the Lady of Light. Thousand okay. years. I mean, thousands of years. There was a there was a comedian that put it out very well, and he said, mm-hmm. you know, marriage is like uh, M and M's. You know, you can only eat so many green ones before you go. Fuck! I want a red one. Is that and this is and so like she's the green M M&M and M in this situation. Yeah. 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 
I don't know. I, I, I don't think you... I mean, I don't if, think if you, you if, have wine, you don't start drinking grape juice. That's what I'm saying. But maybe it's not grape juice. Maybe it's a, okay, like a hard cider morning, or something. You're hungover. Your sure. mouth is, tastes like crap. You open the fridge, there's some grape juice in there, so you can hair out the dog the thing. Yeah, but you hair the dog with some more wine. You certainly don't hair or, the dog no, no, with no, grape juice. What I'm juice. saying is you can either hair the dog with more wine, or you can have a nice, cool, refreshing glass of grape juice to start your day. I'm you thinking, might go with grape juice. I think if you're a wino, you'd drink wine. Well, I think if you're a wino, you would. After, but after several thousand years, you might just get curious about what grape juice tastes like. Like this is mm. not something that humans can even comprehend. Like I've yeah. thought about this. You're a liar. I've thought long and hard. Huh? Like wood. Like what would be the temptation after being married over, uh, over several thousand years? Hey, leaders. Or, or, hey, dear listeners. Um, leaders. They are. We can the cut leaders. that in post. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we, can, <laughs> we always say that. Would you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. After after several thousand years. Is it like it said the seven year itch? It's the seven thousand year itch. Well, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Take your relationship. And I'm a, I'm a guy who's coming up on thirteen years of marriage here to a, to a lovely woman who I love very much. Yeah. And is sitting right next to me and staring at me, yeah. and making sure that you know this whole Twice. discussion well, of I I do. See a baseball bat, right? So yeah, you yeah. better behave yourself. Yeah. Just don't um, break any of my stuff, please. Yeah, that she has a frightening record of smacking me in the testicles when asked to by other people. Yeah, um, <laughs> a fr- that's wait, what? That is a pretty frightening record. <laughs> yeah, that happened. And on that bombshell, nice. <laughs> so out of this, what we have is let's recap. But, yes. Yeah, that's breaking. So the this. top three of this of this bit, we have the Sildor doesn't. We don't. Elrond could have killed him and because totally he didn't. Should have, should, should have, have killed him, and because he didn't, Elrond is disqualified from presidency. Yeah. Full Number topper. two is Gliadriel and Celeborn's love, love, love life. Are they faithful? Question mark. Right. And number three Hit is us back. yeah. Number three and five um, last is that Frog Jones gets hit in testicle by wife. That's what I got out of this segment. It yeah. happened a couple of times. I, yeah. How is that a question though? Huh? Well, I don't. I think it's an exclamation point at the end of the yeah, sentence. There. I would so, say yeah, so. I think we've with an ellipsis for how much pain there is afterward. All right. Well, yeah. let's at, move at on one to point what's there was a bokken involved. Oh my <laughs> dear lord! <laughs> uh, what I might do is I'll uh, I'll tweet out the segment to uh, Stephen Colbert and see what he thinks. Since he's a huge uh, Lord of the Rings <laughs> fan, he is a huge Lord of the Rings. Yeah. He probably knows more than we do. Yeah, probably. So we'll we'll get his opinion on that. And All next right. week we can ask Tom Hiddleston. Yeah, <laughs> we have that much sway. All, All right. Our next is. Uh, we're gonna talk a bit about uh, power plugs and their application for uh, highways. <laughs> we'll be right back. Here at Three on Wiseman Petroleum, we pride ourselves in our unparalleled commitment to being the world's finest petrochemical company. To that end, we're pleased to announce our innovation in petroleum care and production: free range oil. Too long have the vast oil reserves of the world been confined, tethered beneath rock, and housed in inhumane conditions. Some oil. In fact, has spent its entire life hidden away, never seeing the light of day. No longer. We're proud to introduce our free-range oil. Oil allowed to roam free over America's vast and unused grassland. Free-range. Oil as nature intended. But I don't care anymore. Awesome. All right, we're recording. <clears throat> Welcome back to our podcast of three very, very unwise men. We are sitting here with an interview with Kay Thornbra, who... Is that snoring I hear? That sounds like snoring. That sounded what? like snoring to me. You snored. No one snored. No one's... I was I was hearing snoring. Okay, reader, you need to you need to stop dropping shrooms. <laughs> <laughs> Look, 
that need, that happens after the podcast. Oh, records. right, right. So I was Not hungry. Before. I was hungry, and I forgot. Uh, we have Kay here who wanted to be an Egyptologist, uh, but then a fear of ancient Egyptian curses got the better of her. Mm. Been there, and so she turned to storytelling instead. Kay, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. Oh, thank you for being here. Actually, yeah, <laughs> yeah, always good to talk with you. So, oh, absolutely. So, if I remember correctly, you're a journalism major over there in uh, North Idaho. Yes, I am. And and how is that going for you? Well, it's going about as well as can be expected. Uh, right now, I've kind of uh, in my day job, I've gone over to the dark side a little bit, which is to say that I'm working in marketing. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> so, I actually don't and, know what that means. I just thought everybody responded that way, so I was like, "Oh yeah, me too." Like. <laughs> Yeah, in uh, in journalism circles, once you stop sort of working as a reporter and start working for the man as a a marketing communication person, um, it's sort of seen as going to the dark side. But let me tell you, it is much less stressful. Oh, it would be. So, so what you're telling me is that you've sold out. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Okay, I just wanted to make that clear. (laughs) (laughs) But did, did you enjoy selling out? Well, you know, I really love my job now. So, which isn't to say I didn't love my job before, but they're they're good fits in different ways. <laughs> it's I, not you, it's me. That was <laughs> such a ta- that was such like a very like generous, nice answer. To well, that. she's into marketing. Oh, good point. Yeah. <laughs> See. Yeah, that was well said. Right. That's that's her. Thing. It seeps into everything I do. <laughs> wow, that was amazing. Yeah. Huh. She's so much nicer than me. Well, that doesn't Low take bar. much, though. <laughs> yeah, really? Yeah. yeah, she was born nicer than me, probably. Yeah. Low bar. Oh, so, okay. Uh, when is your third book coming out? You got Flickr, you got Brightly. What, when are we well, getting book third three? Book, book three, uh, which is titled Lights, is slated for this summer. I wish I could be more exact than that. But this summer is looking like it's finally going to be time. And while I know what these books are, do you want to give a quick description for uh Yeah, our I have no idea. And- so yeah, let me know. Sure thing. So I write at this time young adult urban fantasy and more specifically young adult urban fairy. And the series that I'm working on right now, the first book is called Flicker, and it is about a teenage girl who sort of gets spirited away to the fairy realm. And at its basis level, that's sort of what it's about. Um I was really interested, I've always been really interested in changeling stories. Mm-hmm. But when most of the time when you see these kinds of stories, it's about somebody who has to rescue a family member, a friend, a loved one who has found themselves and been taken to this other world. And I sort of wanted to explore the flip side of that and tell a story that was about the person who had been spirited away. So that's where Flickr came from. That's where the whole series sort of sprouted from. And that's the basic concept behind the series. And was she like, uh, it's a she, if I recall, in the, he, she, the main yes, character? Yes, it is a she. The she, yeah. Yes. Um, the, um, and is she, so she's like, I, I don't want to like ruin the spoilers for anybody, but is it, she's like viciously captured by these fae or is it? I wouldn't say viciously captured. It's, it's more sort of the, um, a fairy, uh, a regular sort of human party gets crashed by fairies. Uh-huh. I've been there. And things kind of escalate from there oh, magically. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 
Grant's all, I haven't been there. I've only been when they've crashed the party. <laughs> yeah, well, they show up and they see right. my party and they leave. They're like, this is the lamest party ever. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, yeah. This place is dead. Yeah, this place is I'm dead. Out. This place is dead. I'm out. There's another party down the street. Yeah, I'm out of here. Well, look, if you just, if you'd can the O'Duels, that's your problem. <laughs> yeah. Move to Foster's. <laughs> I occasionally been known to crack a Zima. Ah, there Ooh. you go. Look out. Yeah, that, I'm glad yeah. we had that talk. And, yeah. now, and now we know why you are lacking in Faye people. Yeah, yeah, no one shows up to a party with. Can you imagine a party with Zima? Would you show up at a party, Kay, if there's just only Zima? Um, I can't say I know what that is. You're missing nothing. <laughs> yeah, it's you've actually you're better off that you don't know. And, and actually, you know, it, I think our listeners' respect for Kay just went up a notch. Yeah, the respect for yeah. me is just. It like it's like been like that that leveling off point, right? right. Just gone. Yeah, right. I don't blame you. Eventually, we'll do a live podcast where we get uh, feedback from the viewers, and as your popularity decreases, so does the volume on your microphone. Oh wow! So I should just leave after the intro. It's <laughs> 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 problem is our guest would be like solo. Yeah, after the first, the, they'd be answering seconds. questions, and they don't know what the questions are, but the guest does. Well, I have a question for you, Kay. Okay, lay it on me. Oh, are, this is going to be exciting. Are you ready? I, All right. I've heard that you enjoy Pokemon. Oh, that would be an understatement. You are. It's li- a lifestyle. <laughs> it's a lifestyle. What is, it is. It, it's can, a lifestyle. Could you, you expand? Well, first, we're just going to expand on that. A lifestyle. Go on. Do you have like the gear? Like, do you run around North Idaho with with balls to capture things? <laughs> Um, I'm afraid that our human technology hasn't really advanced to that point. Mm, um, but you know, it's it being a being a Pokemon trainer. It's not just something you do; it's something you are. <laughs> well, that's awesome. So, which is your favorite? Then, like, I know you probably get that. Uh, everybody probably asks you about the Pokemon. I would imagine that. My, like, yeah, my favorite Pokemon. Yes, it's Pikachu. That right? would be that. Uh, do you really think? <laughs> Oh, wow. That's such a, you know, it's such a cliche answer. I love Pikachu, but my favorite would have to be Chikorita. Chikorita? What is Chikorita? One moment, I'm Googling. (laughs) (laughs) What is Chikorita's, like, special, like, what draws you to Chikorita? Chikorita is adorable. That's, I think that's my main draw to Chikorita. You know, it's just a sturdy little grass type. Okay. Always my preferred starter when I'm playing a Johto game. Chikorita and I go way back. A, 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 a Johto game. I told she told you, man, mm-hmm. it's a lifestyle. That's uh, that's lifestyle. when they're in a uh, in a, uh, a it's like a dojo for uh, battles, right? No, I can see that I'm I'm talking with some uninitiated people oh, here. Oh, I've been training long and hard, <laughs> and I've never made off Pikachu. So yeah, don't you're. <laughs> What is your what is a dijobojobo battle? What are, depending on what game you're playing, they each take place in a different region of the Pokemon world. So you've got the Kanto region, the Johto region, okay. the Hoenn region, and so on and so forth. And Chikorita is one of the very first Pokemon that you can get when you're playing a game set in the Johto region. What so what defines the Johto region over the other ones? The home, the Chu Chu well, or what the other one? Just, they're literally just totally different places. They're they're just they're regions. 
Oh, okay. Um, and it's geography. They're, they're from different continents. Yeah, it's geographical. Okay. But is there like a cultural difference? Like it's like, oh, I was fighting in Rome versus now I have this Celtic battle or like this is my Germanic tribe what Pokemon. Are you, thinking, are you thinking that Pokemon like – is this like phalanxes? I mean, this is Pokemon. Not- well, I mean, I presume, don't they, can they not fight together? Like, do they not, can you Pokemon team up? Like, yes. Oh, see, we're, we're totally, she's, she's, so we she's having to, to teach a beginner level class here. Yeah, she's like, that was the most patient mom answer I've ever gotten. Right? <laughs> Sweetheart, yes, it will go on the oh, fridge. Honey. Yeah, that's. <laughs> Thank you for almost drawing halfway in the lines. No, so like what? I guess I'm I'm. So they could, would you if you were to pair your green grass fighter with Chikorita? Get the name Chikorita. Straight. Thank you. If you were to fight Chikorita chop, chop. with who? With who? <laughs> who would you put it with? Well. See, now we're getting into some more complicated stuff about team building and mm-hmm. tight matching, and that's. I asked you know, a deep this question. Is, this really should be a one. <laughs> it's a big question. It's a big question with no single easy answer. Oh, um, okay. But if you're going to have, it's true. If you are, let's say you're building your team around a Chikorita, which is a grass type, you're going to want to fill the other five slots on your roster with Pokemon of different types that have different strengths and weaknesses. Oh. I usually try to go with, you have a team of six Pokemon that you can carry with you at any given time, and Personally, I try to get six different types. So, you know, I have a grass type, a fire type, a water type, and so on and so forth. But people have different strategies. So it's like very elemental is what I'm getting out of this. It, it is. It's a very complicated game of rock, paper, scissors. Oh. Yeah. That's one of our classic O moments. That yeah. is, yeah. We, we have those once a week. I'm really good at pop, rock, paper, scissors. I'm then pre- you might. With time and practice, become a very excellent Pokemon trainer. Yeah, do you guys like compete? Like, is there like a national like? Do you guys like go off? Is there still like it's still an active thing? I I I presume, right? I oh, still yeah. see it like places. Oh, from what I've seen of K peripherally, like it's it's got this weird kind of I don't know gunfight at the OK Corral thing where people just randomly challenge each other. I don't know, like oh, like really? the old like the old swashbucklers in in like Venice just running around challenging each other it's to see true. who's. So have you ever been? Well, you know, Frog. I don't know if you um, heard about this at Radcon in February this I, year. I heard about this. I heard about this at yeah, length. exactly. I'm excited. Tell oh me. yeah. So the, the thing about me as a Pokemon trainer is when it comes down to battling against other human beings, I battle with a lot more enthusiasm than skill. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm very dedicated to the art, but I'm not actually that great at it. That's pretty much my mode for life, uh, yeah, so. Yeah, right? (laughs) Which is why I don't usually engage too much in things like online competitive battling, because it just ends up a little embarrassing. Mm -hmm. Um, But I found myself at a convention this February, um, and I was challenged to a battle by a 15-year-old boy. And let me tell you, he wiped the floor with me like in front of an audience. <laughs> well, this is like a was there like a pit you guys were thrown into? Like, it was it was essentially a gladiator pit. Was it, it really? Felt, wow! It felt that way. I mean, it was. I it mean, was it was a hotel wild. room. It's kind of the same thing. Well, the thing right. is, kids these days take competitive battling a lot more seriously than they did when I was growing up. Oh, really? Is it like your self esteem is like bound to how well you battle? Well, it's. 
Well, when I battle, it's mostly, it's purely for the joy of battling. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. But kids, but kids these days, those 15-year-olds, they're, they are hopped up. They're ready to go. <laughs> they just like. So you're accusing are. your opponent of doping. Yeah, that's that- literally what I heard. Like, I literally got this. Essentially, they are hopped up. They're ready to pick a fight with anyone and anything. They have the super Pokemon that they've been what? breeding. A super? How do you? Isn't it like dictated? Isn't there like a? This is the creature. Like you can't like. Or can you just like? No, no it is not. There's this whole system within the games where you can literally breed Pokemon together to Ooh. get certain stats, to get certain moves. So maybe you want a Pokemon with a really high attack stat or really high defense, or a Pokemon that's really fast, and you can select it. It's terrifying. So you can selectively breed Pokemon to get what you want. Is, so the Pokemon and they're just too took powerful. Like- yeah, this took like a really dark turn all of a sudden. Like this <laughs> underground Pokemon sex, like reproduction and selling, like under it's a whole thing. Yeah, it, it's a lifestyle. It, it is a lifestyle. Literally. <laughs> so, so, so you were at a convention. Let me, I guess, let's recap this. Yeah, you're at, you're at a convention, and while you were walking casually by a gladiator pit, a hopped up, drugged, steroid induced, fifteen year old. Uh, assailed you with a super Pokemon. And to be fair, the rest well, of the convention was chanting, two men enter, one man leaves. <laughs> I mean... The water rights was, were on uh, it. I was speaking on a panel okay. uh, one morning, and I could hear, you know, people were filtering in, we're getting ready to start. I could hear Pokemon music coming from somewhere in the audience. So naturally, this caught my attention. Oh, yeah. I demanded to know who was sitting in the audience playing a Pokemon game. He fessed up. We got to talking. He challenged me. I have a lot of pride. <laughs> I couldn't say no. Oh, no. And the next day, we had a duel. Wow. Did you, like, when you lost, let's prep How, like, was it, was it, like, a really, really horrifying loss? Like, was it, like, well, like he was, like, barely scathed? In my defense, it took him 10 minutes to beat me. Ooh. So he had to work for it a little bit. Um, but it was like a, it was six to zero. It was really bad. <laughs> it was a bloodbath. How long do matches average, uh, you know, time wise? How long do they last typically? Well, that, if you're two opponents of, say, about equal skill, mm-hmm. I mean, it could go on for, Probably something like 20, 30 minutes, depending. So 10 Whoa. minutes isn't but bad. 10 minutes. So I lasted okay. Um, but again, there was a it, there was a really big difference in our skill levels. I don't breed super Pokemon. I don't play that game. Well, no, you're a purist. <laughs> you know, when I was, when I was, when I first was hearing about this and I was looking it up, I was like, Kay's a purist. Yeah, it's for the, it's only one of She's not into this super breeding no, 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 no. and this. Well, well, why would you be? No, no, you wouldn't. No, no, it'd be cheating. Right, it's doping. It is doping. Which the fifteen-year-old, like he's gonna end up like Lance Armstrong with one ball. Yep, and that's why it happened. Wow, one pokeball, one pokeball, <laughs> one super huge, <laughs> well-bred pokeball. I so, love how fast that came in a circle, by the right, way. Right. Yeah. 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 That was, yeah. She's, of course, now like, like, oh, what time is it? Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> it's time to go. So. Yeah. I don't blame you. So what, what do you like writing? What do you like writing outside of your, your current second world? Or sorry, your Fae capturing stories, rather. 
Well, I, um, I'm mostly just interested in any kind of speculative fiction. Like, con- contemporary or realistic fiction doesn't really appeal to me a lot at this time, and that might change in the future. Um, but for the time being, I'm interested in, you know, exploring possibilities outside of the real world and outside of what's going on in, in the day-to-day. Um, I've got a few things that I'm toying around with that I'm really excited to start working on as soon as mm. my current book, the third one in the fairy series, is finished, um, that are going to be leaning more type towards science fiction. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I'm looking forward to exploring because I really haven't gotten a chance to dig into a story like that since I've been so focused on working on these urban fantasy novels. I do want to dig into with Faye a little or a little <laughs> bit. Sorry about that. I just totally mispronounced oh, yeah. your name. We'll fix that in post, right, guys? We fix everything in post. <laughs> we do a lot of editing. No, we don't. No, I'm um, screwed. I do want to dig in a little bit because one of uh, Kay's most interesting literary maneuvers is one we haven't touched on yet. Uh, and that is that there is a certain type of character um, that King has intentionally twisted about um, because she hated him and in and how he was being used in most books, especially young adult fiction. And uh, in doing so, she's written, you know, a character that I fell in love with. And so, Kay, you want to talk about that a little bit? <laughs> I'm intrigued. Well, first... <laughs> Thank you so much for bringing that up, because this is really one of my favorite topics to dig into, especially when talking about uh, young adult fiction as a genre. Um, but when I set out to uh, write my my debut novel, which was Flickr, the first in the series, um, I knew that there were certain elements that were really prevalent, prevalent in young adult fiction, and specifically young adult fantasy and urban fantasy, um, that I was just really sick of, and I wanted to sort of invert and play with and experiment with. And one of these is what I refer to as the beautiful jerk trope. Oh, really? You're familiar with yeah. this one, of course, Green. I am, yeah. I think, I think it's, it's pretty self-explanatory where you have um, usually a male character, mm-hmm. uh, almost certainly a love interest, who is just just a terrible guy. He's mean. He's aggressive. He he treats the heroine just terribly. You don't think they normally However, make that like a – isn't that normally like the quarterback our, our, on, the, on the shows? And our stuff? listeners can't see, but of course Grant and I are both staring intently at Cheeseburger. Yeah, we right all now. turn right to him. <laughs> we're all, we turn to right and we're like – so, and he's how tall? Ten Long, feet. flowing hair. We're just joking. You're. Yeah. <laughs> we love you. No, they don't. I'm now the the anti everything in their life. Uh-huh. Apparently, because I eat too many cheeseburgers, I uh, I dwarf them in my cheeseburger consumption. And so now I'm the bad guy. That's why they're doing this to me. I see. Sorry to interrupt. Okay. Oh, no problem. But, you know, you've got this very prevalent trope where you have a guy with just who really has no redeeming qualities. It's just a terrible guy. If you met him, you'd hate him within 10 minutes. However, he's extremely attractive. Also, the gas Yeah, and and it makes up for all of his all of his poor qualities. And he usually ends up as the love interest. Mm -hmm. Um, And. The types of relationships that are portrayed when you this is your male lead, when this is your love interest, turn out to be so toxic. Mm-hmm. However, a lot of these books that I had been reading at the time never are willing to acknowledge that this is a toxic guy, this is a toxic relationship. And when I set out to write my own book, I wanted to play with that trope and see what I could do to sort of show it in what I felt was a more realistic light. Oh, really? That's really mm-hmm. good. That's really good because I mean it is it is a thing, and I mean that like it with the a- capital T. Yeah, 
Cause it's, oh, yeah. Like, you see that, or, and, well, and the problem is that... Would, would that be Tia's in Twilight? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, yeah, it's, it's got, like, the two roads intersecting right there, don't they? But right. I thought we were not going to mention that book in our presence. <laughs> no, we... we I, I read it every night. Um, the e, uh, Well, but you have that thing where... And the problem, though, is when they cast it against that, right? When you have the, like, you have the quirky friend who always hopes it's going to happen. You know, right. it's like the other... You know, as if as if you can only be one or the other, right? You can have personality, mm-hmm. or you can apparently have romantic appeal. Yeah, romantic appeal. Yeah. Those are your only two options, right? <laughs> you know, that's something that's always really frustrated me, especially with the the prevalence of uh, love triangles in young adult novels, uh, where you've got a character who usually like the best friend type, or he's been mm-hmm. there since day one and has this unrequited love, and then you have the beautiful jerk. Um, and it, there's this there's this tendency to equate, uh, you know, kind, dependable, affectionate, and boring. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and you know, not sexy, not romantic. And that's also something that I really wanted to play with in my series, where we basically, I, I tried to take that and just flip it around, where the only guy who is uh, treated in a romantic sense is the very nice, very dependable, sweet, respectful guy. And the, the, the beautiful jerk who is, just has a terrible personality, very gruff, very abrasive, um, is completely rejected as a potential romantic option. And, and it's, he's never looked at that way at any point. Well, that actually. Within the the problem here is that I fell in love with the beautiful jerk as a result. I know, oh, that's exactly. the problem though. Yeah. <laughs> God, it's a- it, it absolutely screwed me over because he's, he's. Oh, yeah. Like my favorite character in Kay's books now. Well, you always like the bad guy, don't you? Right. I mean, well, he's not—he's not the villain, but yeah, he's—he's he's the beautiful jerk. Yeah. Well, they and always. Based, well, what really surprised me, um, and I do try to portray him. His name is Philo. This will simplify our conversation. Um, in the—he's a—he's a POV character, but he just doesn't happen to be a love interest. So we sort of see what makes him the way he is and why he behaves that way, uh, just without spinning it as a romantic angle without trying to romanticize um, all the ways in which he is a troubled, broken person. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. And what really interested me after the book came out was how many readers were genuinely shocked that he was not the love interest because all the signs are there. You know, he treats the main character poorly. He's very mean. He sort of has a hot and cold demeanor. He has a, he has a troubled background. Um, and then he didn't turn out to be a love interest. And that, you know, it really, t- I guess it caught a lot of people off guard. Yeah, because it's always a love interest. <laughs> right. I mean, that's why, I mean, I come from a good background. And then I, when I meet people, I lie. <laughs> I tell them just straight up. No, I've been from the streets. There was, I fought my way with knives. I don't, I don't know where I'm going with that. But yes, yeah, somewhere like, like that. Yeah. I'm curious because I was actually curious about the feedback uh, that readers would have. Did they say anything specific? Well, I think a lot of it was just um, that so many readers of the genre have been trained by other books to, you know, see these particular characteristics and these types of interactions between a boy and a girl and see that as indicative of an impending romance. Mm. Um a lot of people, well, I wouldn't say a lot, but there were uh, a not insignificant number of people who mentioned that the the character who does turn out to be the love interest, you know, the nice, dependable, respectful guy, they found him a little boring in comparison. 
So again, there's that um, that connection between nice and dependable with boring and not romantic, and connecting you know dangerous and unpredictable with sexy. Um, I mean, I did get a fair number uh, of readers who were giving me feedback that they found that sort of refreshing. Mm-hmm. That we were sort of flipping that around and not romanticizing what would ultimately be a very toxic character in a very toxic relationship. Um, but yeah, I still do get a f- readers who express a lot of surprise, whether it's a positive surprise or more lukewarm. If you, so I have a question. If you were to write a character like in this world that's from another, this is sometimes a really dumb question. We're going to ask occasionally very <laughs> dumb questions. If you were to interject. <laughs> A character in this world from another, like, kind of realm into this kind of matrix, who would you do and why? And feel free to say so Godzilla. I, <laughs> so, I, so basically pick anyone from anywhere and drop them yeah, into if you, this. If you're just, yeah, if you're like, throw in, like, if you want to see the characters in this gigantic weird mix. Like, what would you throw in that would just absolutely... Because you've carefully, at least I, I presume as you write these, you have a... You understand the world. It's carefully put together. It's a cobweb, right? You pull one string, it moves everything mm-hmm. else. Um, so you understand yeah. that well. And if you were going to drop a rock on your, like, spider web, <laughs> if you were to just tear your spider web apart with a single, like, entity, who would, like, what would that entity be? My first instinct is to say Hellboy. Mm. Oh yeah, sure. Uh, well chosen. That would get the job done. Yeah. Well, he's a romantic love interest. He yeah. is. For me. It's, you know. <laughs> see, you know, <laughs> Frog. Uh, don't be surprised if you get an email or something later that I have written a really strange fan fiction of my own book. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're we're here to help you produce things. So, yeah. I will. I will you know, happily. Will be- if you've got. If you've got some like Hellboy slash, uh, I will happily forward that to Grant. I would um, love to hear. I I would love to see that in this world. Yeah, it would, it would I, be interesting. I've got so many ideas right now. <laughs> That's why we're here. We're here as a cue. We're here like a sounding board to help yeah, you, you get to that next spot. Right. You can think of us as your idiot muses. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're like the muses that that sing out of tune. <laughs> Uh, but the thing about Hellboy, and he's he's one of my favorite characters out of anything ever, just flat out. Um, but on one hand, you know, he fits in with the whole sort of urban fantasy, supernatural elements. Um, and on the other hand, he doesn't fit in with anything at all. You know what I mean? Uh, where every, everywhere he goes, um, he's kind of like this wrecking ball. Mm-hmm. And no matter where you drop him, no matter what situation you put him in, something really, really interesting is going to happen. Um, oh man, now I'm just really excited, you guys. Think You're about welcome. all the. <laughs> You're think welcome. Think about all the possibilities for alternate universe fan fiction. Coming the, soon. Yeah, right. I think the the thing that works, uh, the thing that works best for Hellboy is that he still ends up feeling more human than most characters when you have to, when oh, you okay. dive down deep into his uh, his psyche and what he's doing, and that's what I like. I like his fascination with decent cigars. That too. That's well, that's a human thing, right? Yeah. I've spent this yeah. whole time kind of trying to imagine him as a Pokemon. Dude. <laughs> like, I've just if been trying... A, if you could get that into a Pokeball. Well, if you think about it, because he's like Ken Squirtle. Isn't that a Pokemon? Can Squirtle defeat Hellboy? Well, let's see. Hellboy would be a fire type, yeah? Wouldn't he? He has to be. Well, it might be an Earth type with that. Okay, help me out here. 
Yeah, you're. Well, you know, unfortunately, we also have dual types these oh, days. Oh, sure. Oh, the so super hybrid. Two different types. Yeah. So he could be like, I almost see him as like a fire dark type. Hmm. Oh, interesting. So I have a question for you. So obviously organic food is good. Is there like organic Pokemon? Like, is there like a movement for like the organic Pokemon? 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 Did you just say Pokemon? I said Pokemon. I'm just, yeah, the Pokemon. While we do our podcast, I want to let you know that we also drink wine heavily. It's true. And that, <laughs> as the uh, as it goes on, um, yeah, you can tell the the kind of the results of that. But is there an organic Pokemon movement? Like, is there? Hey, you and your s- stupid super Pokemon suck. So maybe it's not a Lance Armstrong thing. Maybe it's a. Are these GMO Pokemon? Yeah. <laughs> is that the problem? Is that a thing? Well, there, you don't really have to feed your Pokemon in the context of the games, but you can give them like little like items that will, might increase their stats or do things like that. Um, and like you can feed them berries and little things like that. Um, you know, I, there was in the uh, in the Johto games, which would be gold and silver, there was a, a play a little shop where you could buy Pokemon food, like special Pokemon food that would increase their stats in different areas, and they're supposed to be, like, super healthy, but they're also really bitter, and they'll make your Pokemon hate you if you feed them these particular foods. So that's what So you have to, like, choose, like, am I gonna make my Pokemon (laughs) hate me good stats or not? So that actually is an interesting question. (laughs) You just just completely explained Cheeseburger Guy. You did, yeah, he's... (laughs) (laughs) Bitter food. Better food. God, yeah, it was always hamburger helper. Now it even makes more sense. Oh God, my life! (laughs) (laughs) So you've broken him, right? With your explanation, I feel like you know. I feel like there's not enough drama in the Pokemon world. I don't know. I would argue there is a lot of drama in the Pokemon world. After seeing K after that loss, I, I were there you was some like, drama. Were you devastated? It was like just. I mean, I, I, I like how I'm diving. You know, we're going to do a, da- a Diane Sawyer interview here for the last <laughs> minute of our interview. Right. Can you when? In fact, I'm going to even adopt a serious voice. When you were faced with that crushing defeat. So can we can feel? we overlay this with some really tense dramatic? Oh yeah, music? make it really okay. Here we go. Once, well, I mean, obviously, we'll when, yeah, yeah, post right, which we do nothing right. meaningful, but we'll, do <laughs> but we'll do this. We'll do this. So when you were faced with that just devastating loss in front of the three hundred thousand people in the middle of the Coliseum, how did you feel? Well, I can say all, all I can really say is that I. You know, I fought the good fight. I did my best. I had minimal regrets. I also had to play it cool in front of that hopped-up 15-year-old to not let him know that he'd gotten to me. And when you face drugged 15-year-olds in the Gladiator Arena, do you find yourself, like, asking greater questions? Well, you know, it's a f- when, when you first step into that arena, it's a feeling of pure terror. Mm-hmm. And you you sort of ask yourself, you know, have I made wh- what decisions in my life led me to this point? And you could it have could it have turned out a different way? Well, and those are really the big questions. And then the real question yeah. for you is, what is going to be Kay's legacy? What are you going to you know, leave that, beyond to your children? That is the question, and 
I'm afraid I don't have a great answer for that yet. Hopefully just, I don't know, I guess a legacy of do, doing this this thing called Pokemon training for the right reason. For the right reason. For the right reasons. For the, for the right, right reasons. For the right reasons. A love of adventure and a love of those strange magical creatures. All, the right reasons all equal loss. Got it. Perfect. We're <laughs> just <laughs> yeah, basically more or less. <laughs> uh, perfect. Thank you so much. Okay, uh, it's been an absolute awesome blast having you on here. Uh, you've given us plenty of educational points on a topic which we knew nothing about, and we are just absolutely elated to go Google everything Pokemon related later on. Um, but also, uh, we want to thank you for coming out on this podcast. It's been really awesome. An honor for you to be here. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. It was, it was an, an illuminating conversation. I bet it was. I absolutely <laughs> bet it was on the next episode of three unwise men. You know, what, we've got this well, dog who's like strung out on meth. <laughs>